This is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber from Compass Retirement Advisors. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Mike Graber provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Great to have you joining us again uh, here today on Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Today, our topic is the wealth gap, and that's uh, referred to as the difference between uh, what one has accumulated for uh, retirement and what one believes it will take to ensure that there is uh, enough to last throughout retirement. So that difference, that gap is what we're going to talk about today. You know, having enough money, uh, having enough income producing assets during retirement, that is um, one of the biggest concerns uh, that uh, we uh, talk to people about that, that meet with us. It's a, it's, it seems to be, if not the top concern, maybe the second uh, biggest concern is just having enough to, to make it through there. And how we navigate that wealth gap uh, makes all the difference in uh, one uh, having an enjoyable retirement and one that maybe uh, leaves a, a little bit uh, to be desired. But before we get uh, too far into uh, the wealth gap, I want to bring in um, co-host Tony Shore. And then I have uh, just a few news uh, updates from this past week I want to mention. But Tony, welcome. Uh, great as always to have you with us. And I understand it's been uh, quite uh, a last uh, week to 10 days for you. So you uh, you have uh, made it through COVID, I, I hear. Yeah. Well, it's weird how my uh, my uh, my well being must be tied to the market. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just yeah the market tanked, and so did I. I got COVID, and um, I'd never had COVID before, Mike. I, it is I live in a family of five my my wife and three kids, and they had all had it over the last couple of years, and some even twice, and I'd never had it. Every time somebody near me gets it, I test, and I always test negative, and I've never had symptoms. But boy, uh, not this Monday, but the past Monday uh, afternoon, I felt like a, I'd been hit by a truck. So oh boy, wife yeah. said, hey, you better take a COVID test. So I did. It was positive, and I was just fatigued, uh, body aches, temperature, and fatigue. I, I kept my sense of uh, smell and taste, but I just... I was so tired and so fatigued the, for about six and a half full days, just but Monday morning, got up, felt great. And I, I've felt great ever since. So, uh, glad to be over it is, is what <laughs> I'm we're, saying. We're glad that you're, you're over. That's a funny, uh, whatever it is, uh, disease or virus. That's that a weird affects one. People just, uh, you hear symptoms just so different, but yeah. it does seem like it's perking its head up here again, a little bit in it Southwest does. Indiana and, and around. So, uh, glad that, uh, that you're all right. And, yeah. and hopefully, uh, you won't have to deal with that again. And, uh, we can, uh, uh keep it in the rear view yeah. mirror. Thanks so, Mike. But, uh, really yeah. glad that you responded well and, and, and your body fought that off. Yeah. So you mentioned, a f you have a few news updates. I mean, obviously everybody knows about inflation and market volatility recession what what do you what do you got from the news well it's it's been a big week um obviously a lot of the focus was on what the federal reserve was going to do 
uh, with their uh, their meeting and the announcement to follow. And uh, you know they did uh, make the decision to raise the Fed rate by a point seven five seventy five basis points and. Uh, an increase, you know, of that size uh, certainly gets everyone's attention. Um, you know, further focusing on uh, that inflation monster that we're all battling right now. Um, that's uh, just a, a huge uh, increase, and uh, seems like maybe they leaked the uh, the info a, a day or two early, as you know, most people were thinking that maybe we'd get a half point increase, but then about 24 hours before the announcement, uh, the news. Uh, cycles take over that, you know, the, the, the 75 is coming and that's what, uh, we wound up with. And the fed guidance is, uh, to expect, you know, more rate hikes in the, the next few months, anywhere from a, a half to the three quarters. Wow. So, um, you know, inflation, you know, is uh, a serious problem. All of us are dealing with it in, in one form or uh, another. Um, I saw uh, another article on, on Breitbart, uh, this week. Uh, they were uh, referring to uh, a Moody's, um, I guess you'd call it a, a an estimate from from Moody's that uh, inflation is going to cost the average American family about five thousand two hundred and fifty dollars this year, and you know for wow. for all of us, you know we have to come up with that, but especially you know a, a retiree, you know that's yeah. that's the big question. You know how does a retiree, someone who uh, maybe uh, is more uh, on a fixed income, uh, not able to go out and work overtime, uh, or uh, you know they're just not working. Everything that uh, is being spent is coming from the assets. You know where do you come up with the extra, f- you know five thousand dollars for the year, um, and and that number is up from uh, Moody's last uh, projection. So certainly uh, these numbers are are moving in in the wrong direction, and the impact. Um, of inflation, uh, you know, that confects, uh, it infects everyone's um, feelings and, and their sentiment. And there's actually uh, a department at the University of Michigan that tracks consumer uh, sentiment. They've been doing that since 1980. And their June report uh, was just out and it registered an all time low in uh, how consumers are looking at uh, the economy. The number came in at 50.2, so 50.2. Wow. They were expecting it to be about a 58.1. In May, it was 58.4. And, uh, you know, there were uh, a lot of uh, CEOs that uh, uh, and economists that Bloomberg uh, had had surveyed that were expecting this number to be at a 58.1. So kind of everybody... I had it wrong, and again, the consumer sentiment number out of the University of Michigan for June came in at fifty point two, and and really, it's it's how the consumer feels uh, about uh, spending money or saving money that really drives the economy here in the United States. So, uh, hopefully, uh, the consumer doesn't uh, pull in the purse strings too much that we keep the economy rolling. But if uh, consumers do uh, begin to cut back. Uh, too much uh, that you know leads uh, to an increased risk uh, in the economy that will face a downturn and then we start hearing more and more of uh, the word recession some people believe that this next quarter we're actually going to to be in uh, um, a negative gdp which will give us two consecutive quarters and that's the definition of a recession two consecutive quarters of negative uh, gross domestic product 
I saw that the Atlanta Fed, uh, their uh, uh, report today showed that uh, the GDP had actually reached zero and, um, you know, give or take. But that, again, is uh, reflecting that things have have slowed down uh, quite a bit. And we'll see if the uh, Fed can uh, navigate a soft uh, landing, uh, and hopefully they don't uh, overshoot. Uh, Another uh, bit of information this week, uh, we've been talking about uh, the Son of the Secure Act or the Secure Act 2.0 being making its way around Congress. Well, this week, the Senate did act uh, on their version, but it has a different name. They're not calling it Secure Act. Uh, They're calling it the Rise and Shine Act, and uh, that stands for Retirement Improvement and savings enhancement to supplement healthy investments for the nest egg. So <laughs> I think they spend more time coming uh, up with the acronyms than they do uh, yeah, on the, the actual bill. <laughs> yeah, you know what we said about uh, the Secure Act. Uh, a lot of times, how they name these things or uh, have the uh, uh, the actual legislation has the opposite impacts. So we'll yes. wait and see. Yeah. But uh, you know, th- this is uh, again uh, an offshoot of uh, the Secure Act, and their goal is to you know create additional protections for workers uh, and retirement savers. Uh, again, you know, it's just in the Senate. It's it's not legislation yet, but this is their version, and they'll be getting with the House of uh, Representatives and working out something that. Um, they'll uh, work out the details on it and get something passed, and I'm sure that uh, the president uh, will sign that. But I would encourage our listeners uh, to go to their favorite search engine and maybe look up the Rise and Shine Act, uh, the Senate Rise and Shine Act, and uh, understand you know what's uh, coming there. And I'm uh, confident we'll be talking about this more over the next several weeks. Yeah, I'm, and then, sh- I'm sure we will. Yeah, yeah. And then the last thing here, a little thumbs up uh, to Senator Mike Braun. I was uh, uh, reading uh, some information from uh, the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget just this morning, and I see that he has been recognized as a fiscal hero. That's F-I-S-C-A-L, hero, by the uh, Committee for Responsible Federal Budget, along with uh, Indiana Senator uh, Todd Young and Representative Jim Banks, all of Indiana. Uh, they've been recognized for their uh, consistent votes and efforts to uh, rein in uh, government spending, to uh, try and get uh, uh, Washington, D.C. to actually operate with a budget, which we've not done for for many years. Yeah, that's uh, an uphill. They, that's got to be an uphill battle for them. It, it sure is. They're uh, definitely in a small group. I think there was 24 or 26 names in all of Congress and Senate and in the House of Representatives. Out of the hundreds, right? Yeah, that uh, Maya McGinnis's group at uh, the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget uh, recognized as being uh, staunch defenders of your and I tax dollars, Tony. That's what it amounts to. So if anybody wants to, to look a little more at that, they can go to crfb.org. Um, that's uh, uh, what I've got for the uh the news updates yeah. and and we can shift into to talking about uh the wealth uh, gap now tony well sure and you know i talk to a lot of advisors out there and am constantly reading up on uh, financial news and watching you know fox business news or cnbc 
Um, and uh, I want to say that I'm glad you're up to date on current matters and talking about this. Uh, you're as up to date as anyone I follow. And each of the things you mentioned can impact the wealth gap, certainly that income gap that people face in retirement. So that's another topic that is front and center. And I think a lot of people out there, a lot of our listeners, Mike, I'm sure in their late fifties and early sixties are probably staring up at the ceiling at night wondering, you know, Hey, am I going to be able to live the retirement I really want? I think you're exactly right, Tony. It is a question on everyone's mind. You know, whenever that retirement nest egg gets cut by, you know, 25, 30% as it has in the, uh, the NASDAQ and the S and P and the Dow this year, um, that, that wealth gap can, can really grow and it is on everyone's mind. Uh, I want to look uh, today, uh, start out today by looking at a Kiplinger article. The title is how to calculate your retirement wealth gap. And, uh, as always, we think there are some useful insights and information in these articles that we choose uh, to share with our listeners, but, uh, let's get uh, rolling uh, by first, again, defining exactly uh, what a retirement income gap is. And uh, there's a, an analogy that they use in the article. And they say, you know, imagine that you're standing on uh, the bank of the river. Uh, the place you're standing uh, is your current financial status. Uh, and that's made up of uh, your income and, and all of your uh, other assets. And as you look across the water to the riverbank on the other side, uh, they, def- they say that's your ideal retirement. And everything that's flowing between the two banks, uh, that's the gap that we need to prepare for. That's the gap that we have to uh, navigate. Uh, we have to come up with the way uh, to cover uh, that distance, Tony, and that is uh, the retirement income gap. Yeah. And with that analogy, I mean, you could either, you can get a boat and the proper equipment or build a bridge. Uh, I want to get in on that analogy game. So when it comes to getting from your current riverbank to the one in the distance, obviously a a bridge or somebody to help you build that bridge would be someone like yourself, Mike, a financial services professional. Uh, You're like that trusty rowboat to get them across, right? Well, I uh, hope that we play that role. I believe that we do, and that's why we go to the links that, that we do um, you know, in, in establishing these written retirement income plans for our listeners, and um, that includes you know, how do we navigate uh, you know, the difference between where we are today and where we, we need to, to get. So you know, I don't think it's, it's a great uh, revelation uh, to, to say that, you know, if you don't have a strategy, if you don't have a plan, you know, finding your way through this uh, river uh, and, and all the currents, uh, you know, the hidden rocks that lie, you know, just below the water surface, uh, those things that can do damage. If you don't have a plan to navigate those and to get the other side, you know, it's going to be uh, increasingly uh, challenging uh, in the face of uh, inflation that we have and, and the markets down uh, as they've been. But you know, just uh, how, you know, I- important, you know, is a strategy? Well, let's uh, consider a business owner, uh, for example. Uh, many business owners, you know, they spend uh, hours every day working at their business uh, and worrying about it, even when they're, you know, maybe not on the job site. Uh, you know, owning a business uh, takes courage. It's not for the faint of heart, and it's uh, an all-in uh, endeavor. But accordingly, uh, when you're working hard at your business, uh, it can be easy to forget about, you know, what you need to do 
to get from uh, the current riverbank to to the one that that's uh, you know on the other side and in the example that we're using today uh, some business owners uh, believe they can get across that retirement uh, river you know by selling their business but uh, but guess what according to Kiplinger only about four percent of businesses sell for what the owner actually thinks the business is worth just uh, a mere four percent get uh, the business wow. sold for what they think it's worth tony wow that's a stark example and, and my takeaway from that mike is strategize 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 right yeah and then maybe strategize some more and <laughs> i think the the key you know is, is knowledge and understanding um but uh you know, the next thing uh, from the article is, you know, really uh, getting to know how wide the wealth gap is. And, and you have to know where you are currently. And uh, again, uh, I'm amazed sometimes when we, when we talk to, to folks that uh, all they have to show for uh, their plan is a, is a few account statements. And, and that, that really makes it difficult to know where they are because it's not taking those assets into consideration with uh, how it works with Social Security and, and other assets and their family, uh, individual makeup. But uh, to measure your wealth gap, you know you got to do a full rundown of all of the income-producing assets that you have available, and then uh, you have to minus out some things, maybe like that business if you're a business owner, and uh, and your your home uh, as well. Um, so. You know, if you're going to retire and sell your business, that's no longer going to produce income. If you're living in your home, you know, that's not an income producing asset. So you really have to uh, designate, you know, which of your assets uh, can actually be used to produce income for retirement. Right. And that's that's the key here. That's what we're all trying to figure out. So uh, but why should a person's home and business not be included? Well, uh, the, the article goes into that, and I agree with them. Uh, it's best not to think of your home as an asset uh, for the topic that, that we're discussing because, again, uh, it doesn't produce uh, income. You know, if you sell your home or, or maybe even downsize, as a, a number of people are, are consider doing as they approach retirement, uh, you're, you're probably uh, going to you know, put some money in your pocket but you, you still need a place to live and there's still going to be, you know, housing expenses. There's still going to be utilities to pay. And, um, you know, that comes, you know, as a cost, obviously, uh, whether if, if you, uh, choose to live, uh, in something that you own, if there's a, a little mortgage on top of it, or if you even uh, rent, um, and along those same lines, uh, as we've been talking about business owners, whenever you're uh, determining that wealth gap, uh, in, in most cases, uh, your business isn't going to continue providing you with an income, or maybe even if you sell it on contract, it'll be uh, a short one uh, once that you've retired. And, and while it's possible, you know, that you can sell your business for a, a really great price, the reality is, and the article again explains it in detail, only about 20% of businesses uh, are actually sold. So, We've got that earlier statistic to where only 4% are sold at, at what the business owner feels that they're worth. And then a lot of businesses, they just uh, close uh, the doors on it. Um, so, you know, when it comes to, to figuring out your wealth gap, it, it's probably a smart uh, move to operate, you know, with that assumption that uh, you, you won't be able to uh, sell that business. Now, there's one caveat here in, in southwestern Indiana. 
that I think it's important that, that we point out. And um, it, it's a, it's something that, uh, you know, I think uh, is maybe distinct to our area, but a lot of uh, the people here own farms and those farms are going to get sold. Uh, there are farmers who are going to want to uh, cash rent that ground, or there's a family member that's going to step in, or there's going to be an auction. And so uh, when you're talking about businesses, we want to distinguish and, and separate a, a farm uh, out of that. That would be an entirely different consideration. Well, sure. So once we know where we're at, what's next? Well, once we know where we are, uh, it's time to figure out where we uh, are heading, where we're going to go. And uh, figuring out that often comes with some some very broad but very important questions that we need to get answers to. And that is, you know, when do you want to retire? Uh, where do you want to retire? What kind of lifestyle uh, are you willing to, to live or wanting to live uh, in retirement? Are you going to travel? Uh, do you want to be able to just pick up and go whenever the whim strikes you? So we need to, to ask a lot of questions to really uh, get that picture painted of what that retirement's going to look like. And that will help determine, you know, how wide uh, the potential uh, wealth gap is. And if we return to that example of the business owner, um, there are a couple things we can point out there that a lot of business owners list, you know, maybe their smartphone, for example, as a business expense and they don't pay for it kind of out of pocket. But once they no longer own the business, you know, the ability to write off that vanishes and, and maybe that becomes an expense. So we've got to really look deep uh, at, at all these issues and, and make sure that the number we're coming up with, you know, is, is a real number. Um, but that's, you know, exactly the kind of thing um, that we've got to go through that, that type of an exercise uh, to accurately determine uh, this, this wealth gap, Tony. A lot of the topics each week uh, make me feel grateful, though, that I work closely with somebody like yourself who, you know, you get to know the person and know their needs and goals of your of your clients. And that really helps. Well, we feel it's really important, Tony, to, to take our time and to ask the right questions and uh, not make it a process is just trying to get a customer's funds invested. You know, that's at the end of all the work, but you know, where are we today and understanding here's what I have, here's what I have to work with. What are the goals for the long term? And then what steps does the individual uh, need to take? What do we need to implement uh, to build that bridge uh, to, to get from uh, the one river bank uh, to the other river bank. And two of the words that I use a lot in our conversations with our clients are a structure uh, and, and process. We've got to go through a process that helps us determine what types of financial structures we need to put in place for our clients. So uh, that's uh, about all the time that we have uh, for today. Uh, we're yeah. going to talk more next week about the wealth gap. But until then, if you have any questions about your retirement, about your 401k, uh, give us a call here at Compass Retirement Advisors. My number is 812-787-0809. We'll be happy to set up uh, a time to meet with you. So uh, again, thanks for joining us on Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. And uh, please tell your friends about us. And uh, hopefully uh, you'll join us again here next week as we uh, conclude our conversation about the wealth gap. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mike. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. 
Thank you for listening to Retirement Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Mike Graber at Compass Retirement Advisors. Call 812-787-0809 or visit them online at Compass Retirement Advisors, LLC. Com. Investment advisory services provided by ChangePath LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Compass Retirement Advisors LLC, the Insurance Shop Inc. and ChangePath LLC are unaffiliated entities. Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Provided content is for overview and informational purposes only and is not intended and should not be relied upon as individual tax, legal, fiduciary, or investment advice. Each individual situation will vary and opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to representation. The information contained here is based on our understanding of current tax law. The tax and legislative information may be subject to change and different interpretation. We recommend that you seek professional legal advice for applicability to your personal situation.